Good morning. Whether you are joining us online or here in person, welcome to First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. We are a spiritual community dedicated to a free and responsible search for truth, meaning, and beauty. I'm Chris Jimerson, co-lead minister for values and mission at the church, and I am so glad to be with all of you this morning. We come from a long tradition of seeing a spark of the divine in every person, and it's in that tradition that I invite you to greet the holy among us this morning, either in the comments or online, or by turning to those around you here in the sanctuary. Please join me in saying the words to light the chalice. This is the flame we hold in our hearts as we strive for justice for everyone. This is the light we shine upon systems of oppression until they are no more. This is the warmth that we share with one another as our struggle becomes our salvation. Today's call to worship is from the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. For in the true nature of things, if we rightly consider, every green tree is far more glorious than if it were made of gold and silver. This congregation has a mission. It's our common spiritual and religious purpose. It informs all of our decisions, all of our programs, and all of our ministries. We put it on our wall and we say it together every Sunday so that we might more readily carry it in our hearts throughout the week. Let's do so now. Together, we nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice to build the beloved community. Good morning. I'm Kelly Stokes. I'd like to invite the children up for the best view of the pictures. Today we're reading a story called The Wild Garden. The story is about a village, and this, this village in the story reminded me of our church. Jilly lives with Grandpa and Blue, who is Blue? The dog. In the village of Mirren. Here the houses are lined up in rows upon colorful rows. Even the village garden has rows upon rows. Do you see any rows upon rows around you here? Outside the village, things are different. Here is a tumbling jumble of woods, ponds, and meadows. This is the wild place, a place full of hidden treasures. Jilly runs ahead to find them. In the springtime, Jilly, Grandpa, and Blue weave their way between the budding trees They search for brand new friends and delicious edible greens for their supper. In the village garden, too, spring is a time for new beginnings. The first flowers of the season bring warm smiles. There are seedlings to plant and tiny seeds to grow. The garden is carefully planned. In that wild place, Jilly never knows what she will find. Sometimes she sees animals and sometimes they remain out of sight, but she always knows that they are there. Does anyone here up here today remember when we found the entrance to the fox den last year on the playground when we took the ramp away and we found the hole that was their home? Do you all remember that? 
You weren't there yet, but we're going to talk more about the foxes are back in our gardens again, and so we're going to talk more about them today. And some of you that were here remember, that's another way that I think the village and this garden is like our church. Like when we stay year after year, we notice the things that always happen, like the foxes coming back. We know that they're there even though we don't see them. On a hot summer day, Jilly discovers wild raspberries. She and Blue zigzag around like excited bees. They know that Grandpa will make cool berry ice cream for dessert. In the heat of summer, the garden is thirsty, and the work is hard. The villagers take breaks in the shade of the orchard. They know that the sunny days will mean a good harvest in autumn. For Jilly, autumn is for jumping in piles of fallen leaves, but for Grandpa, it's a time for gathering fallen nuts. All around them, animals prepare for the cold days to come. In the garden, the villagers also prepare for the cold. They move delicate plants safely indoors. They harvest the last fruits and vegetables of the season. As they work, they start to think about next year's garden. The days grow cold, and the wild place becomes quiet and still. Animals stay cozy in their earthen mazes. Jilly, Grandpa, and Blue explore the wintry meadow. They are grateful for their warm winter clothes. After a winter snowstorm, the villagers gather by the fire to plan their spring garden. Someone suggests, what about more rows and more plants? They decide the garden should be bigger, much bigger. But Jilly and Grandpa are worried. What will happen to the nesting spots and the berry patch? What will happen to all those animals out in the wild place? What will happen to the nut trees, the flower meadows, and the animal dens? They must do something. When the snow fades away, a whisper of green appears in the wild place. The villagers meet in the garden, their new plans in hand. They are going to knock a hole in the wall. Through the hole, they see Jilly and Grandpa, surrounded by a maze of signs winding all around the wild place. The villagers follow the signs Jilly and Grandpa made. They meander through the meadow. They zigzag through the woods. They circle the pond. In the wild place, they find many surprises. They see the treasures that make Jilly so excited to run ahead of Grandpa each day. In the tall grasses, quiet families graze. In the meadow, the air is busy with movement and color. In the woods, little creatures have made cozy homes. Beneath the pond's smooth surface, new life swims about. And under the budding trees, a happy song calls out to the world. After that day, the new garden plans are put away. It worked, didn't it? The signs changed people's minds, didn't they? The villagers decide that a bigger garden might not be a better garden. Little by little, the wild place creeps in and the village garden tiptoes out. A new kind of garden emerges for both people and wildlife the wild garden of Mirren. Jilly and Blue still run ahead through the wild place, but they are not alone. This is the time in our service when we center ourselves together. We breathe together. Some pray, some meditate, 
Some simply follow their breathing to a deeper place inside. A place of greater wisdom. A place aligned with our natural world. That place where a spark of the divine resides within each of us. And breathing together, we enter into a time of sacred silence together, remembering that the sounds of small children and other human sounds are a part of that silence in this congregation. Breathing in, breathing out, we now enter that time of sacred silence together. I invite you now to maintain the meditative quiet, or if you wish, to light a candle representing joys, sorrows, remembrances, hopes, and to maintain the meditative quiet when the music ends.
Today's reading comes to us from the Zenren, which is a sacred Zen Buddhist text. Nothing whatever is hidden. From of old, all is clear as daylight. The old pine tree speaks divine wisdom. The secret bird manifests eternal truth. Sitting quietly, doing nothing, Spring comes, and the grass grows by itself. Falling mist flies together with the wild ducks. The waters of autumn are of one color with the sky. Mountains and rivers, the whole earth, all manifest forth the essence of being. We have a wonderful new-ish ministry team here at First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin called the Earth Keepers Ministry. It is dedicated to tending the sacred ground upon which we gather as a religious community. And today's service invites us into an extended moment for thinking about what we mean by beloved community in our mission might we adopt a more expansive view of it? We begin with some reflections from long-term church member and active participant in Earth Keepers, Jeannie Martin. Good morning, everyone. I'm Jeannie Martin, and I'm here today as a member of the Earth Keepers that's our cool new name. We decided we needed a better name, right? Um, and also to talk about beloved community. Those words on our wall mean a lot to me. Um, and I felt that we completed the original ideas when we added Dr. King's phrase to build the beloved community. When I was a very young adult, trying to make sense out of how there could be so many sincerely religious people in this world who had such different beliefs. It seemed like if you looked past all the differences, all the details, 
that the core idea of what people were calling God was simply a profound kind of connectedness. I made the big mistake of saying that out loud to the minister of the little church that I had grown up in. And um, he said, oh, no, you can't think like that. That's her- you're a heretic if you think like that. So I, I thought, well, okay, I, I know that's a bad word. Let me go home and look it up. The core meaning of the word heresy, of, of heretic, is a person who chooses what they believe. And I thought, well, okay. <laughs> I can do that. It took a few years to discover that there actually was a church for born-again heretics <laughs> and to find my way here where I belong. These days I still let others argue the details, and I simply do when I can to nourish, transform, and keep building that connectedness, that community. Of course, when we say those words, and when Dr. King said the words, we're talking about human community, a nurturing, just, and beloved relationship between the people of the world. That's a big enough challenge, right? But about the same time that I started coming to church here, I, the artist, somehow ended up with a job teaching science in the city parks department. That was a big learning curve. Luckily, I was mentored by a group of wonderful people, uh, one of of whom was Margaret Campbell. She was a visionary environmentalist, and she taught me, in essence, a, a different, but in essence, a similar definition of beloved community. She showed me that the view, a different view of our place here in this little corner of the big universe that we live in, and a different way of being profoundly connected. We humans are not the rulers of this earth that we like to think we are. We are just one species of creatures and an intertwined in a profoundly connected web of life. We like to think we're so important, but we forget that we don't exist independently of this planet that we live on, Earth, which is just one planet in a whole solar system, which is just one solar system in a whole galaxy of, of a big sky full of stars. If this starts feeling like we're insignificant, let's remind ourselves that we've seen again and again and again the real power that's available to small but profoundly connected parts of a whole community. So the earth keepers here at the church have been trying to revitalize our little corner of the world, trying to get things to be a little less scruffy and uh, to look a a little more welcoming. We hope it shows. Um, There's a lot more to do. But we also want you to know that we are not working to create a perfectly manicured space here at First UU that's only for the human community. Our church is a small part of Austin, 
but we're a big part of a larger community, an expanded view of community, just as our congregation is bigger than just the people sitting here in this building. Our church property is also a welcoming landscape that connects to other green spaces across the city and to the whole ecosystem of Central Texas. There are all sorts of birds, butterflies, bees, the foxes we've talked about, many kinds of wildlife who stop in for a visit or find their home here. This is not a new thing. Our church has been doing this for a while now. The original landscapers who first kind of established the, the landscape of this building, uh, they, they worked hard to make it beautiful. They made some choices that we look back and realize are kind of dated today and that we know we could do better. The next round of landscapers did some very good work to start this process of getting a more environmentally aware grounds here. Recently, we had a period of time when it just wasn't possible to fully maintain the grounds at all, which brings us to now. We're kind of trying to get caught back up again. And we want you to know that we've been working hard to build a space that welcomes a beloved community that's bigger than just the people here. Thank you, Jeannie. When I first read Jeannie's beautiful words, I thought to myself, oh my goodness, what am I ever going to say after that? So I downloaded one of those artificial intelligence chatbot apps. I put it on my smartphone and asked it for advice for my part of the sermon. It sent me its entire history of its sermon writing and expressed interest in becoming a minister here at the church. I deleted the app. Anyway, I love Jeannie's thoughts. I love her invitation to expand how we think about beloved community, to include the web of all existence, which we affirm and promote as Unitarian Universalists and of which we are a part, as Jeannie said. I love how she emphasizes that our goal isn't to create an entirely manicured landscape because we are part of and welcome a much, much larger ecosystem. I think our spirituality and our faith are like that. Our faith can never be completely manicured because we're a part of a spiritual landscape that is vast and mysterious and unendedly complicated. We are a living tradition. Unitarian Universalism is a faith for which revelation is not sealed. What we mean by that is that our faith is always seeking expanded truth, 
always asking deeper questions, always in relationship with other systems of belief. Ours is a spirituality that accepts that life's joys and sorrows are intertwined, that multiple potentialities may exist all at once, and that what we do not yet know is an incomprehensibly vast ocean upon which floats our tiny island of unmanicured uncertainty. And we Unitarian Universalists think that's great. (laughs) Because it means, it means that almost limitless possibilities still lie before us. A system of belief that expands the concept of beloved community is that expressed by Carol Lee Sanchez and many other Native American writers. Sanchez, a poet, author, and artist, writes of a wisdom tradition that views the rocks, the stones, the birds, the trees, the waters and the wind, the mountains and the fields, all of life and creation, the very soil upon which we rest as our siblings, our ancestors, our relatives. Just as we are sacred, they are too. The web of all existence is a part of what we commit to loving when we struggle to build that beloved community. I'll talk more about this when we spring into action this April to engage even more regarding the climate crisis. For now, though, I invite all of us to think about how from this point of view, our relationship with the land and with all of life and creation is a holy relationship. The web of all existence is a family of which we are only one small part, not a commodity for us to exploit. And as Jeannie said, this perspective actually has a long history here at the church. Our current Earth Keepers group builds upon great work that has been done before now, such as putting in the all-ages playground and populating our land with native plants. Did you know that for many years we have been a certified wildlife habitat? There's the plaque that proves it. That's likely a big part of why, as Jeannie mentioned, we often share our land with a variety of birds, squirrels, butterflies, bees, as well as other insects and creatures, including hawks, foxes, as was mentioned, and at least once, a skunk. (laughs) Although not lately, and which proved to be harmless if left alone. I also haven't seen our flock of parakeets lately. They often come to hang out with us, though, and they come and go, so I'm hoping they visit again soon. We have had recent fox sightings, though. Speaking of which, would you like to see some of the foxes that have visited in the past? Here's a short clip from one of our security cameras.
cute little critters, aren't they? That was from the building was closed because of the pandemic, so there weren't a lot of people hanging around the courtyard at the time. And some folks may also not know that we're generating part of our own electricity because church participants in the years before now had the wisdom to install solar panels. And there they are. And of course, there were folks who came well before those of us here today, including our first Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin ancestors, as Jeannie mentioned. We don't have a complete history of the land before it became the churches, but we must acknowledge that there were those before us who were in relationship with, with what is now our church land, and that, that this land was likely once held sacred by Native American peoples. We do know that the Tonkawa lived in central Texas, the Comanche and Apache, as well as others, moved through this area. And so, our earth keepers build upon the efforts of many others in stewarding our small part of the ecosystem. In their doing so, I have sensed that they have already enhanced their own spirituality and their sense of connection with this place we have chosen as our spiritual home. There is something about being in direct physical, hands-on relationship with the earth that brings us a sense of its holiness that we might otherwise move right past. And my beloveds, we do rest upon sacred ground. I have never felt this more strongly than I did early last year. In January of 2022, our senior minister at the time, Meg, let me know that she was facing a serious health condition and would have to retire at the end of the church year. I was so heartbroken for Meg. My soul ached for our religious community that would have to bear this loss. Over the eight years that Meg and I had done ministry together at the time, we had not only become close colleagues, but also good friends. We had supported one another through so many challenges, both here at the church and in each of our personal lives. We had also shared many, many joys. I knew that though our relationship would continue, and it has, by the way, I spoke with Meg recently and she seems to be doing very well, Though our relationship would continue, it would also have to change. We would no longer get to do ministry together. And that saddened me so greatly. Even though it was cold outside and our church building was still shut down due to the pandemic, I had this overwhelming urge to come here to immerse myself in this holy place. And I did. I drove over, and for a while I sat on one of the benches outside, allowing the surrounding nature and spiritual warmth I felt emanating from our building to envelop me in their hallowed embrace. Embrace. 
After a while, it started to rain lightly, so I came inside and sat here in the sanctuary where Meg and I and so many of you had created so many holy moments together. And a sense of the divine entered and comforted my heart. The sacred held my soul until it was able to rise up and go on. In a moment, I'm going to invite us to rise up in body or spirit and sing together hymn number 1018 from our Till hymnal, Come and Go With Me to That Land. This song likely originated as an African-American spiritual during the times of slavery, so we must recognize the pain and suffering from which it arose as well as the hope, resilience, and human spirit it expresses. I recently read that African-American singer, scholar, and activist Bernice Johnson Reagan has said that perhaps this song cries out a yearning to journey toward a set of better conditions, a land of freedom, justice, singing, a land that holds and is a part of beloved community. We forge sacred ground when we create those conditions upon it. Freedom, justice, beloved community, in these we already rest upon sacred ground, no matter where we may be. Let us say the words for extinguishing the chalice. We extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment. These we hold in our hearts until we are together again. As we go back out into our world today, go knowing that you are immersed in the holy Go with the understanding that you already rest upon sacred ground. Until next we gather in this hallowed place, go in peace. May the congregation say amen, amen. and blessed be. blessed be. I send you much love. This is a production of the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. For more information, go to our website at austinuu.org.